Welcome to the Slam Radio Podcast, featuring Kane Gang. I'm hurt, dog. Don't ask me if I'm all right. Hell no. Joaquin said dominate, and we not doing it. I put my heart in this dog. Let's go, man. Let's go. Kane Gang. Kane Gang. Kane Gang. You're listening to Kane Gang, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Orange and green, that's Kane Gang. You ready to storm 18? That's Kane Gang. Good Friday morning, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Kane Gang Radio Show here on Sirius XM, channel 145, Slam Radio. Shout out to Pitbull and everybody else holding it down, the Amigo and Frank over there, and all the kids over at Slam Radio. As always, it's your boy DC. We got the Dirty Bird, and we got a special guest joining us today. One of our boys, Mr. Max from the West Coast, West Side. Yo, Max. What's good, Bird? What's good, Max? (laughs) Just chilling, man. Another day in paradise. Feeling good, man. Ready to roll. Oh, so obviously, guys, like, what a great week of college football we had last week, minus obviously Miami not playing. Um, but there were some tremendous games. And just to see the competitiveness, just to see the environment of college football, and it just shows how far Miami has dropped. Do you guys agree with that statement? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 100%. I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean, obviously, listen, I'm very – I'm always optimistic, you know. Again, like and people don't understand. Max, you do, and, and Bird, you do. Like, even in the glory days at the University of Miami, like – like they never really sold out. Like when you played the Rutgers or you played the Latex or whoever the you know, like you still didn't have sellouts at the OB, right? But like when I watch college football and you know, take a team like Nebraska. Like obviously they're just not where they used to be. Obviously they used to be a juggernaut, but like still those fans sell out that stadium every single week, you know. So, but then you watch last Saturday, like the River, the Red River shootout, like that game, the Bama A&M game, like just that atmosphere alone, what is what really drew me to college football in the first place, right? But man, what it would be like to get back into that environment, those type of games where it's back and forth, it's close, you know? So Bird, what did you think of how college football played out last Saturday? Bro, it was it was amazing, man. It was so nice to be able to sit on the couch and watch these games. Started obviously with uh, with the Red River rivalry, man, which is uh, which is a game I want to go to, man. Just just seeing that whole setup, you know, State Fair, go eat some fair food, go into the game, and just watch. It's not these part two of your keto diet, bro. Out. That's all right, bro. Look, I'm a college football game, man. It's cheat <laughs> it's cheat day, bro. Always, always. Corn dogs, funnel cakes, bro. It don't matter, man. Load it up. Max, what did you think about last Saturday as far as college football in general? I mean, it was probably the best Saturday of college football I've seen in a long time. Um, every single game you turned on was just amazing. Uh, it, it was it was a blast. I was over at my parents' place watching all the games with my dad, and it was just – it was a blast. It was an absolute blast. You know, that that's neat that you say that, right? Because my dad, he's he's out in California now. He travels a lot, and he drives for work, right? He drives, he drives up and down the West Coast, you know, going from – uh, Costa Mesa, all the way up to Poly up, you know, to Washington, like up and down, um, you know, and, and being able to just sit and chill and watch college football with, with your dad, that probably means something to you, right? 
Oh, yeah. Like he he was talking to me on the phone earlier today and he was like, hey, you know, like, you know, mom and I are going to be up in Big Bear this weekend, so we won't be able to watch the game together. And I'm he was like, I'm sad. <laughs> like, it's just it's just like a ritual at this point. Like I wake up Saturday morning, go over there. He, you know, he cooks me a nice breakfast and then he feeds me the whole dang day and we're just watching football. And it's every Saturday. Bird, we need to make a flight out to Cali and, and hang out with Max so we can get some I'm food <laughs> and watch games. I'm down, but, but Max got to come to a Canes game with us first, man. Of course, yeah. The plan <laughs> is the plan is next uh, next year Florida State game at home. Okay, all right, but- yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it'll be a. I don't know how that game's gonna be. <laughs> nah. I don't even know how this year's gonna be. I, I again, it's. It's one of those things. So, and we're going to get into that because there's a lot going on with the University of Miami, a lot of talk. But, you know, I like talking positive things about college football. You know, do you, let me ask you this question. With the Alabama AM game, do you agree where Alabama fell in the polls or do you guys think they should have dropped a little further? I should go first, man. I, I, I agree. Honestly, there's not, they're the, just because they lost, they're still either the best or the second best team in the country, uh, you know. And you have a lot of teams that have one loss that are in a similar ranking. So I, I'm totally fine with that. I mean, they dropped, what, three spots, four spots, no, four spots. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's totally fine. Dude, they, right, they, they, they would crush any team in front of them not named Georgia, man. So, yeah. you know, I mean, look, Cincinnati and, like, the whole thing, Cincinnati's going to slip in there. I mean, you know my feelings on that, man. I absolutely hate the fact that a, a G5 is going to get in there playing a, playing a cupcake schedule, man. You know. Okay, so let me play devil's advocate because this is where I like when we have other people. So let's let's just say, let, let's again, let's be hypothetical. Miami is number one undefeated. Miami loses to an unranked team favored by eighteen points. Where does the the poll people put Miami at? Realistically, 10, 11? probably. It- it depends on who that unranked team is, though, because everybody knows that Texas A&M, like, is not an unranked California No, team. I mean, obviously, listen, they, they were already up to number six. They had two losses. but So I think that A&M is a very reputable team, and I think Jimbo is doing a really good job out there. But I, that, the reason why I ask that, I just feel like there's so much SEC bias when it comes to the coaches' poll and when it comes to the poll people. Like, I'm not a big proponent of preseason rankings because I feel like – you know, you're kind of just you know, like kind of grandfathered in from maybe what you did last season. And, and again, don't get me wrong. Alabama is talented top to bottom. And if you told me right now, like, are they better than Georgia? I would say yes. I still think because Georgia really has no offense and they really haven't played anybody with a stellar defense. But then hindsight tells me you watch how Florida played against Alabama losing, you know, only losing by two, literally stood their ground, um, had an opportunity to tie that game. I don't know what their two point conversion play and who designed that play, but that's for another debate. <laughs> but you can see that Alabama is suspect in certain areas. If you take shots against them on the corners and even their safeties, like there's opportunities for you to make plays against them. So Alabama doesn't look like they're unbeatable. I think AM caught them. Again, special teams kick off after you know they just blocked the punt and scored. Like that was just another huge momentum swing. So Alabama, you know, as 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 bad as they played. They actually probably still should have won that game, but Texas A&M did enough, to, you know, did enough in order to win that game. Um, the Texas Oklahoma game, holy moly, was I completely <laughs> impressed with not just Texas and, and and I've said this throughout the season. I think Sark is going to get Texas back to where Texas used to be, and you can already see it. You can see the progression. You can see 
how the team's responding. Not like we have at Miami. But again, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But if you watch how Texas came out, like look at their young receivers. Like my my gosh, that number eight, Worthy, I think his name was, was literally phenomenal. And I'm thinking to myself, this is the type of guys we had with the Andre Johnsons, with the Santanas, with the Reggie Waynes. And yet we don't have those guys anymore. So where, at what point can we get some of these guys? And I think Romello could be that guy. You got to give the ball. You got to throw the ball down the field, you know. So, so Max, what was your take? What, what did you think about on the Texas Oklahoma game? What stood out to you on that game? What stood out for me is Caleb Williams doesn't deserve to lose that spot. Um, you know, he, he he's a he's a guy that's out out in the Northeast, and you know, our guy A Black over at Storm Warning, you know, he lives up in that area, and he's been telling me about this this young man for for quite some time now. Um, that dude is spectacular, and it's it's just crazy that the, you know the consensus consensus number one draft pick for this upcoming draft looks like he doesn't even belong in the, in the first round. Um, so that was like the thing that stood out to me the the most. But then again, you got you got two playmakers on Texas: Bijan Robinson, the running back, and uh, Xavier Worthy, who ended up having 261 yards receiving, and. On your on your point, Co. Does Miami have these guys, or, or can we get some of these guys? I think we have them right now. The problem is one, the O line's not giving them any time, and two, schematically, we're we're calling plays east and west. We're not calling plays north and south. Facts. And no, and, and no one's gonna have a yeah. game like that if you're throwing the ball five yards every time. Facts. Right? So I think we have the guys. I think Keyshawn Smith, my my San Diego brother. Uh, I think he has that talent. I think Brashard and Jacoby and, and Romello, those guys have that talent. We're just not using them in a way to to have them produce like that. So, Bird, you and I have talked about this multiple times. Um, Max, I completely agree with you. So, okay, Oklahoma, Texas is gone. Alabama, let's get into the nitty-gritty with the Miami Hurricanes. Um, <laughs> obviously, I already knew a couple weeks ago, Bird probably knew. I, I'm sure college football already knew that Derry King season was over weeks ago. For Miami to finally just come out last week and say, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, he's going to have surgery, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Like, you just literally prolong the inevitable. Same thing with Corey Gaynor, you know, things like this. So, I, I, I've i always been a big since, – since last season, I've been a huge proponent of TVD. A lot of people like Jake Garcia. Obviously, Jake Garcia had, you know, an ankle, ankle issue and had surgery on there. So, obviously, he's out at least probably till the Florida State week, give or take. So, TVD – and this offense, I think is it needs a change. I, I think they need to be able to go vertical more. I think they got to be able to spread the field more because that's the players that you have. You have opportunities with stud guys. And again, let's take 85 off the field because I, I really just don't want to see 85 back on the field at any point any soon because literally his blocking is atrocious. His hands, I mean, unless they like the guy from the replacements and gets that sticky stuff on his hands from that movie, The Replacements – you know, like, like do something because the guy can't catch. It's the, yeah. dude, it's, the, it's the dude from Scary Movie when he puts his, his mangled <laughs> hand in the mashed potatoes and starts Bro. mixing them around. Like, that, the, like, that's what his hands are like right now. The only thing I think of, too, is like, do you remember, uh, do you remember um, Bring It On? Like, spirit fingers. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, you know, Bird, like, TVD. So, obviously, it's TVD season. What do you see from TVD moving forward? 
Well, I mean, you know, it's kind of kind of hard to say. I mean, I think he's. I think he. I loved what I saw in the second half. You know, I love what I see. Yeah, you know, the, the the play where he put the uh, the ball on the ground and he and he ran it. You know, I'm like, what are you doing? Whoa, 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 whoa! Wow. Okay. So, um, definitely love to see that, man. I mean, I think his I think his decision making was pretty good. Um, you know, he's just got to get the touch on the on the throws, right? Because he missed he missed some gimmies, right? Which I think anytime you have a, a young guy quarterback in his first game. Uh, that's that's table stakes, right? You know he's going to miss some gimmies or uh, or whatnot. But I'm I mean, look, I'm excited, right? I think uh, I, I'm excited to see what what Tyler's got. Um, you know, all the all the respect and admiration in the world to Derek King, but you know, time time moves on, man. You know, and uh, I'm excited for Tyler and what what he can bring to the team. Max, what do you think about Tyler moving forward? Like, do you do you think if Tyler finishes? Let me ask you this question: If Tyler runs through the rest of the season. Say say we go. I mean, we have seven games left. Say we go five and two in these next couple games. I'm just kind of being hypothetical, right? Finish seven and six, whatever the case we finish at. Do you think that there's an open competition, and, and there should be an open competition going in the next season with a Jake Garcia? I'm not a big proponent right now of Jacurry Brown coming in and maybe potentially being a starter, you know, as a as a true freshman, but. What is it going to take for a TVD to go into spring ball as a clear-cut QB1 next year? It's going to take a whole heck of a lot because you got to prove it to the to the new coach. Uh, and you know, oh, an well, a new a new coach. We got a new coach coming in. I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah, we do. <laughs> Breaking news. <laughs> Breaking um, news here on the Kangang. Max so, says we have a new coach coming in. <laughs> so you know, I mean it's inevitable at this point, right? I mean, we can all kind of agree on that, but uh, t- to me, he's got to prove a lot because one that the new coach, when he comes in is going to be reviewing the film from last season, there's not going to be any Jake Garcia film, right? So right. he's got to see what TVD can do. But then again, it's a, if it's a new coach, hypothetically speaking, you got to win a competition. So I think regardless, even if Manny Diaz remains the head coach, which I don't think there's a chance of happening, I, I think he's, he's gone regardless um, it's going to be, it should be an open competition anyway. So let me ask yeah. you this. So you bring up a good point about potentially a new coach. What if coach Diaz somehow flips this around and literally just runs off the next seven, then wins a bowl game. Uh, let's say he gets to the ACC championship game. I'm just hypothetical. Gets to the ACC title game against an NC state team, which you're going to play here in, you know, next week. And say you beat them. And you're the ACC champions. Is your job safe or are you still gone? I think his job would be safe. However, it shouldn't be safe with what is transpiring within the program right now. Um, I don't, I don't think, I don't think he should be the head coach right now from everything that I've heard. He he should have already been gone. He shouldn't be coaching here anymore. Um, If he runs the table, then, yeah, maybe the board of trustees is, is going to, you know, try and give him another chance. But I don't think they understand the severity of, of, of how devastating this program is inside the actual program itself. You know, you know, Bird, there's always that there's always that situation where you lose the locker room. Has Manny lost the locker room? Well, I mean, you know, from the thing, the things you're hearing, the things that are that are leaking out, right? I mean, first off, we don't know what's true and what's not true, right? Or what's been, you know, overimposed. I mean, we know there was a fight, right? But 
hey, look, those fights happen all the time in practices, right? I mean, you know, I remember when I worked for the Falcons in the NFL in the late 90s, man, it was it was once a week guys were getting in. I mean, friends <laughs> that were getting into getting into scraps on the field, man. I think that, you know, I think if, if they're happening in the locker room, it's a lot different than if they're happening on the practice field, right? Like I almost want to hear that fire happening in the practice field. Um, there's some rumors that there's been some 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 coaching flare-ups, some stuff internal with the staff, right? But you know, who knows what's what's true and what's not, right? I mean, everybody's got a source, everybody's got a uh, you know, got an opinion there. So, you know, I mean, I don't know. It's it's tough to say if he's if he's lost the locker room. I mean, you know, I think everybody's mad. Everybody has a right to be mad, right? None of us thought two and three at this point. So, you know. It's just uh it's just it's just tough for me to say. I don't know if I could say one way or the other whether he's lost the locker room. I mean, only time will tell, right? Obviously, there was something leaked out, and we have to go to break in about 30 seconds, and we'll we'll touch back back on it in a minute. But obviously, there was some talk about potential people transferring. Like to me, if you want to go, go. Like, I'm not holding yeah. your hand, you know, Bye. at this point. And and based on who it is, I don't care if you're a young guy, I don't care if you're an older guy. If you don't want to be here, you know, pound sand, kick rocks, and leave. All right, Bert, take us to break, and we'll be right back. All right, you guys are listening to the Can Gang Radio Show here on Sirius XM Slam Radio, Channel 145. We'll be back in just a moment. Yo, what's up? Baby, let's go. This is Tua Tungle by Lowen. Yo, Sway Calloway. This is Spice Adams. This is Michael, the playmaker Every What's up? This is Grok, and you're listening to Slam, Slam Radio. Radio. Sirius XM, yeah. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Good morning, amigo. Hey, man, if, look, if they pick up two nigga Manuel Apollo too, I'll, I'll be fine with him. But I'm just looking. I'm looking at the different angles. It doesn't. You I call know. him that. I call him Tunga Vailoa. Whatever you want to call him. Listen, I don't know if they're 100% sold on Tua Nigga Manuel Apola. Tunga Vailoa is the next quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. How can you get that name so perfect? Tua Nigga Manuel Apola. Tua. I can't do it. I'm done. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apola. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apola. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apola. Tunga Vailoa. See, that sounds much better that way. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. We'll be back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. I'm Andrew Saul, Commissioner of Social Security. I'm here to warn you about telephone scammers pretending to be government employees. Some of these scammers may say threatening things like you will be arrested if you don't make payments or provide personal information. Do not fall for these tricks. These calls are not from us. Real Social Security employees will never threaten you for information or money. If you receive a call like this, hang up. Never give the caller your personal information, like your Social Security number or bank account, or send money in any form, cash, gift cards, wire transfers, or prepaid debit cards. Report the call to our law enforcement arm, the Office of the Inspector General at oig.ssa.gov. Share this information with your friends and family. 
Hola mi gente, ¿qué tal? Les saluda la diva, la potra, la caballota, la reina y mi queen. Un saludo a mi gente de Slam Radio. And now we're back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. And we're back chopping it up with Dirty Bird and Mr. Maxed Out. Obviously, you can catch Max on his show. Max, what's what's the name of your show again? Is it Maxed Out? Yeah, it's Maxed Out on Tuesday nights at 9 o'clock on the Miami Flow YouTube channel. There you go. Listen, that's what we do here, man. We, we're Kane fans, right? We always want to support one another, always want to lift up one another, encourage and support. So, yeah, man, good, good stuff over there, Maxed Out. I heard you guys be cracking up and having a good old time on that show. Is that true? Oh, it is. It is the most wild thing I've ever been a part of. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I got to have you guys arguing with people on there. It, it's basically. Oh, we got you. Oh, I'll definitely argue with somebody. Yeah. It, you know, it, it's like a normal show for the first half, you know, just like a normal talk show for the first half. We, we have some nice interviews. We had uh, Bashard Smith and Elijah Royo on who we have signed to NIL deals. Um, we had those guys on two weeks ago. And then then we get to the, the real nitty gritty and it's just straight war. I love uh, it. We we have Mike McCoy and, and our guy Big Groove, wholesome one, and A Black all just screaming at each other for about <laughs> for about an hour about you know different <laughs> topics and stuff like that. And and my job as the host is just to egg them on. You know, it's kind of like that first take thing where everyone's just kind of bickering with each other. And it's so fun just like laying back in my chair, just like moderating it. See, seeing what you created. Like you literally yeah. just Drop a little bit of, you know, some sesame seeds in there. Drop a little bit of parsley. Stir the pot a little bit. You know what I mean? Get it, get it cooking. I love it. I love it. Yeah, we'll definitely have to, you know, get invited <laughs> one time and we'll, we'll definitely chop it up. You know, so, so going back to what we were just talking about, you know, obviously the transfer portal. Um, there's a lot of guys out there who I'm not a proponent of the transfer portal. Like to me, you make a commitment. Like you honor that commitment. You know, if you're a grad transfer, and this is where I feel like college football is completely, you know, the dynamic and the, and, the scenery of college football has completely changed because like now you don't, you don't even have to sit out a year for the most part. It's like, okay, I'm just going to go here. Oh, I'm not playing, you know, a la Jared Williams, Christian Williams, like all those guys that went to South Florida. Like we've gotten a lot of people from the transfer portal and we've only lost as far as I know, I think we've only lost three between Lingard, uh, Christian Williams and Jared Williams. I could be mistaken if there's any others, maybe you guys know, uh, but we really haven't lost a lot of people to the portal. But then hearing this past week that there's potentially some people like if you if you're not playing and, and you're sour and you got an attitude like then you go like why why would you want to stay here you know you look at people like six and eight who've been here for multiple years haven't done anything and I wish you all the best I, I I'm not gonna degrade you I'm not gonna like make fun of you but maybe it wasn't a good fit for you guys to stay local and play at the University of Miami. Maybe you should have went somewhere else where you don't have all that pressure built up on you, right? So, Bird, what do you think about guys potentially leaving the University of Miami and going to the portal? Bye. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, like here's the thing, man. You're, you're either in or you're out, right? And, you know, I, I don't want to hold a guy just because he's a name or just because, oh, this kid was a, a four- or five-star recruit. You know, I, I thought it was crazy with, uh, with Jeremiah Payton a few weeks back when everybody was, like, losing their minds at the kid winning the portal. That kid's been gone since since before fall practice started, right? His number was given away on the first day of fall practice. He hasn't been a part of this team. So, you know, look, you guys want to leave? More power to you. You know, wish nothing but the best for you, but I'm good. Bye. Max, what about you? 
Yeah, I mean, the transfer portal is here to stay. Uh, you know, it, there's positives and negatives. I think you guys kind of hit it right on the head that if, if you don't want to be here, then then that's fine. Um, I, I wish you well. I, I appreciate everything you've done for the program. And, I, you know, I hope you do well at your next stop. Uh, you know, Jeremiah Payton, I don't, you know, his his thing was a little bit different. Um not to kind of air out his his whole story, but it was a little bit different than some of the other guys. But you had guys like Jalar Hawley and, and Cameron Williams who were deemed um, academics academically yeah. ineligible. So, you know, I, I know Jalar Hawley's already transferred over to Charlotte, I believe. I don't know if he's gotten any playing time this year. Um, and I don't think Cam Williams has found a spot yet. But, I mean, it's just inevitable. And, and unfortunately, with the way that this season is going right now, you know, Manny Diaz or the new head coach is going to have to stack up in the portal because we're not getting a lot of high school recruits right now. In fact, we're we're probably losing some more uh, with the way that we're playing on the field. So you got to use it. You got to it's there. So you got to use it when you need it. Well, speaking of that real quick, and uh, you're talking about like we're losing recruits. So obviously we had a decommitment. Do you do you foresee anybody else, depending on how our season goes, possibly decommitting as well? Absolutely. I, I think it's inevitable um, because at the end of the day, these recruits, now I don't think it's necessarily always the right thing to do, but recruits commit to certain coaches. And if those coaches aren't there, then they they don't want to be there, um, which, which I think is a little foolish. I mean, it makes sense to some extent uh, because you build a relationship with that coach, but you really should be picking the school that suits you best. Um, and so, you know, I could see some other guys hopping out and it's, it's less about people hopping out, but it's about who we're not going to be getting, you know, the, the big names that we've been after for years, like literally years, Wesley Basante, Shamar Stewart, go, guys like that, you know, it's probably not likely that we end up landing those guys. So we're going to have to use the transfer portal. I know you don't like the transfer portal though, bird, huh? <laughs> no, no, no. Look, I'm, I'm, I'm all about it, man. Like let's, uh, let's stock that thing up with, uh, with plenty of talent, man. And, uh, and roll with it, man, you know, no doubt. So, yeah, I mean, you know, and let me look no, no school has been, has benefited more from the transfer portal than, than what Miami has, man. I mean, what we've, what we've brought in. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm ready to see a couple of these guys, uh, you know, pop out of there and, and, and make it along their way. So. So, Coach, Coach, just jump back in here, man. Sorry, man. I, <laughs> Sorry, I had to run but, screen. <laughs> so, what happened? Like, that's, li- like, that's live, unscripted radio, right there. Listen, man. Like, <laughs> you know, obviously, we're, we record via StreamYard Zoom, and so I see, I see Grayson. Next thing you know, trying to get in the sink and do some stuff, and I'm like, "What are you doing?" And so he's like, "I got to clean my floor." I'm like, "I mean, obviously, he'll be four on on Saturday, right?" So I'm like, "What do you mean, yeah. got to clean the floor?" So I go in there. Lily had crayons and just like like colored his whole floor, like it's wood floors. So I'm like, I don't care, but I'm like, bro, like you don't need to be getting a sink and like literally dousing like the paper towels and squeezing it out on the floor. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> so gotta love it. Just gotta love it. So obviously we were talking about decommitments and things like that. And um, I mean, potentially Miami can literally have a horrendous class, you know, maybe I think bird, you said somewhere in the 20 to thirties, you know, earlier in the year, I think uh, Pirtle has showed me a text that you guys were talking back that. Yeah. I mean, I can see Miami having somewhere between like a 50 and a 60, you know, ranked class. Max, do you agree with that? 
It's really hard to say. And, and one of the things I dislike about those ranking systems is it doesn't include like transfer rankings. I think that really needs to be incorporated because we're in the, I mean, this is just, this is just modern recruiting, right? So people take in transfers and they should be a part of that class. Um, So yeah, maybe rankings wide 40 fifties, but if we get, you know, 10, 15 dudes in the portal uh, because, you know, there's talks about expanding it to 32. um, If, if one guy transfers out, then you get an extra spot up to seven. So that'd be 25 plus seven, you know, we could be taking in 10 plus transfers. And then, and that's not going to, that's not going to show in the, uh, in the rankings. So let, let me ask you this question. Both of you guys, let me ask you this question. If we can bring in 10 guys to the transfer portal, do you think at, at the pace that we're going right now and the way that the, the, the program is running right now, do you see 10 guys wanting to come to the University of Miami? Barry, let me start with you. Sure, sure. <laughs> okay. I mean, look, Tell me why. Look, they went to Florida State, right? I mean, the kid Jermaine Johnson went there. And, I mean, that's – I mean, they were coming off a three and six season, right? Like, look, you know, that's the beauty of college football. And right? even though we're slipping right now, you know, we're not going to be down for long, man. There's there's too much talent. So it's, <laughs> no. We're no, not going to be down man. for long. We've been down for 18 years. <laughs> Well, look, it can it can bounce back though, man. You know what You're I mean. Right. That's the thing. Any any year, look at Michigan State last year. They were a two win team, and they are dominating now. Not just us, right? But that kid, that kid Walker comes in there. He's right running for like two fifty and three tutties every game. So it can it can happen, man. It can change. I don't care who it is. I know we're I know we're down. I know we all feel defeated right now. But you know, look, still a long way to go this year, right? Still have you know. We don't know what the what the final is going to look like this year. A lot of people say, "Oh, we're not going to win another game." Other people say, "Oh, you know, we have the opportunity to win every game." All right? Just you know, it, it's going to crumble a certain way, and however it does, man, we just got to roll with it from there, man. But I do think you know coming here is is still an attractive place for players to come. Max, you agree or disagree? Oh, I definitely agree, and and again, I'm I'm going to keep alluding to this, but we ha- if we have a new coach, you know, one they could potentially bring some players from their previous stop. You know, let's just yeah. for example, let's just say you know Mario Cuban is Mario Cuban, Mario Cristobal, the other Cuban <laughs> is uh is the ne- is the next head coach. Then you're, you're already the, you're I'm already pouring cabecitos for him, man. Oh, you already know, man. Uh, <laughs> Got them Cuban sandwiches on. So deck real quick, Mac, is, is it true that Manny Diaz does not speak Spanish? I, I don't know. <laughs> people, if it's true, if it's true, I probably speak better better Spanish than he does. I just a lot of people post that like he don't yeah, even don't speak know. Spanish, and I'm like, how do you know? Like, anyway, go ahead, go with Mario Cristobal. Yeah, so just hypothetically speaking, right? Let's just say Mario Cristobal is the next hood. I'm not saying it's going to happen. It's just you know, for an example. Right, Justin Flo was between us and Oregon. There's a lot that went on there. Uh, let's just say, you know, he's been out for two years due to injury, and Mario becomes a head coach at Miami. He might see if he wants to come along with them. You know, obviously, you can't directly say that because that's probably some sort of tampering. Um, yeah. But you can have that that as well. But not even that. You look at guys like KJ Osborne, Quincy Roche that are, are, are at lesser programs that want to kind of prove themselves at a, as a bigger school that's on TV. Even though we're losing games, we're still on national television damn near every week, right? So you're always going to get guys like that looking to kind of prove themselves um, to the NFL. And I think that's a, that could be big time moving forward with transfers. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, yeah, it's, it's the whole thing has looked attractive to every transfer that's came here, right? Like, mm-hmm. 
You know, nobody's came here with the exception of that kid who played tackle. I can't even remember his name, but uh, the kid from Tommy Butler. Kennedy. Tommy, Tommy Kennedy. Tommy Kennedy. Number, number 72. They, <laughs> hey, they, they said that kid was the franchise, man, and he got in here, and I, I don't even think he saw it down. <laughs> there, there's there's a story about that. I, yeah. uh, there's a story as to why he never played. I, I literally <laughs> think it was no good. <laughs> no, that's not why. That's not why. He literally pulled an Al Golden to everybody. I'm just going to throw it out there like there, man, because he literally spoke. But you would think that the staff would look at his film, that they would look at his tape and be like, okay, this guy's actually pretty good, right? But at the end of the day, they think – I mean, we've got – we've whiffed on so many people too. Like there's just so many guys. If you, if you look at the roster and you look at some of these walk-ons and some of these other people that are actually on our team, like why would they be playing at the University of Miami? Like why are they even on the team? Is Scabelli and like some of these other guys, you know, I just don't understand how they actually get, 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 I don't want to use the word good enough, but how do you make the University of Miami team, right? Um, so we'll see. So there's a couple names that I'm actually interested in. And obviously, we talked about TVD, you know, earlier, like moving forward, like in the next season or maybe even this season, what do you guys think about Mike McLaughlin of playing tackle, like moving in and just starting playing tackle at a young age? Well, he's young, and I—I I don't think we've seen much from him. I think he—you know—he came in as a as a pretty heralded recruit, right? But you know, I mean, they, they don't—they don't give us any access to practice or films, and if they do, it's only a couple of moments, man. So, you know, it's tough. It's tough to say, but you know, I just hope—you uh, know—I know he fits the the mold of the the type of lineman that Garen Justice looks for. So, I mean, I'm uh, not saying he's a Shintrell Henderson type guy, but he's definitely <laughs> Max. You, you, I mean, obviously, you see the stat. The, the kid's a big kid. You know, I mean, he's Bryant McKinney types, like height-wise. You know, you put a little bit more meat on him, a little more muscle on him. I honestly think he's better than Zion Nelson at this point. Like, people had Zion Nelson being this top-10 pick. Huh? Like, yeah. what What are they watching and what are these people seeing to make them think that Zion Nelson would be a top-10 pick? Max, obviously you follow a lot of stuff like that. Did you perceive Zion Nelson as being a top-10 pick in the beginning of the season? The thing is with these early, early, early mock drafts is a lot of it's based off of traits and potential. And Zion has that. Uh, he just hasn't lived up to to that. He hasn't shown that on the field this season. As far as McLaughlin goes, I, I still think he's going to be another year out just because he's got to put on some more weight and he's got to get used to carrying that weight. And the way that Zion's playing this year, he's probably coming back. And you, you, you know, you have to remember Two more years. That. And then now you have to remember John Campbell's going to be coming back from ACL injury. He'll be back uh, in spring. And then you also have Justice Aluasan, who could be either playing guard or tackle. And personally, I think we should still take two to three guys in the transfer portal at O-line during this offseason. Yeah. Try and plug up some holes. So uh, I just don't see him playing next year. Even yeah. O-line-wise, you know, again, when you have the Ryan Rodriguez, uh, you have the Lawrence Seymours, um, obviously Jalen Rivers will be coming back next year. I don't know the situation with Isaiah Walker, if he'll ever eventually play. I know the kid's kind of got some some mental issues that he's dealing with. Um, but we have to do – I agree. I think we have to bring in more more depth in order to have stability at that O-line. Obviously, Ja'Kai Clark, I don't think he goes anywhere at this point. I think – you know, it's it's his team running forward, like in man in the middle per se, you know, at center. Um, but again, like you're going to lose Jared Williams, which not like you're losing much over there on that on the right side as well. So I, I wouldn't mind like seeing some of these young guys get in, get some reputable play against reputable teams. Like I don't want to see the 
you know, Central Connecticut State and think that, oh, my gosh, you know, we beat them 69. Look how good we play. Um, you played nobody, right? Again, Zion Nelson, like, you literally got destroyed your first game when you played Alabama. Like, your stock completely plummeted. But the whole line got, you know, Donaldson, yeah. Gaynor, Scaife, all those guys literally didn't do anything. I'm going to tell you so, like this, and I know I know we're close to break here, right? Yeah. But I'm going to tell you, there, there's not a single player on this team who should leave early. Right, you should either oh, come we'll back three, and play though. here. We're gonna have three of them. Yeah, you should either come back and play here, or hit the transfer portal and go somewhere else. But there's not a single guy who should leave early who's eligible. You know, and you look at last year, and you look at someone like Brevin Jordan. Do you think Brevin made a good decision by, even though he got drafted in the fifth round? Do you think it was a smart move? Uh, we're gonna be against the break when we ask this question. So yeah. I'm gonna ask you this question, Mac. Do you think Brevin Jordan leaving early last year was beneficial for him or should have he returned? And we'll get your uh, answer when we get back from the break. Bird, take it. All right. You guys are listening to this Kane Gang radio show here on Sirius XM Slam Radio Channel 145. We'll be back in just a moment. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. We are strong, we are resilient, and we will get through this together. But these are stressful times, and it's important to also practice good self-care. It's normal to feel overwhelmed, anxious, or afraid, but there is hope. Reach out to someone, connect with your friends, stay in touch with your community, and know that you are not alone. Learn more at wearebroadcasters.com slash hope. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Good morning, amigo. But you I'm see, it's a bad idea to do that. I didn't Bro, cry during the talk. Good thing, good thing you're going to be home today so nobody can see you cry. But I was fine. I didn't even cry. I was like, good. No, but the silence afterwards is enough. And then you give me that puppy look. Back. You give me that puppy look you have. I'm just holding it back a little. Give good a thing little nobody can see crying tonight. I'm fine. Stay home, privacy of your own home, watch it on Zoom. <laughs> you, know, you can be a Richard sometimes. <laughs> Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. We'll be back with Kane Gang. On Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Social Security is with you through life's journey from birth to retirement. As your life changes year to year, so do your needs. For over 80 years, Social Security has helped to meet your needs and is committed to improving access to the services that make a difference in your life. Today, you can verify your earnings, estimate your future benefits, apply for retirement, manage your benefits, and even change your address, all from the comfort of your home. Social Security's online services help put you in control with secure access to your information anytime, anywhere, allowing you to spend more time with family, friends, or simply just enjoying the day. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. 
See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. I'm constantly failing, guys. I'm constantly learning. It's not how you fall, it's how you get back up. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. But I really get motivated when people tell me it'll never happen. That, that to me is what makes me get up in the morning and go, what's next? I love people to tell me no. I love people to tell me don't, it won't, impossible. And uh, the word can't is the word can. And the word don't is the word do. And the word won't is the word one. And in the word impossible, it's possible. What do you tell them? You tell them, you know, you know that, that all they can do is learn stronger because all it's going to do is lead you in the right direction see if you're always winning then you don't really understand what it is to win you, you got to take those losses you got to take those hits there's got to be the valleys the peaks the ups the downs in order for you to when it does happen you go wow you know this is what it's all about on behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. Slam Radio, what's up? From Enrique Santos, 2949, iHeart Latino. And now we're back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145, Slam Radio. All right, Max, I don't want to put you on the spot, but I'm going to put you on the spot. Because obviously we, we always have these issues where we have these underclassmen decide to leave early. Um, and again, you go back a couple of years ago with people like Brad Kaya and RJ McIntosh and Kendrick Norton, you know, Joe guys, Yearby. Joe Hearby, guys after guys, you know, they leave early. When you, when, you know, you're talking about, Bird, you were just talking about, like there shouldn't be any underclassmen leaving early. And again, let's talk about Brevin Jordan last year. Do you think it was, you know, advantageous for him or beneficial for him to leave early? Or do you think he should have came back for another year? I I would say with his specific case, it was neutral. I don't think it would have hurt or helped him to come back just because he already had a bunch of red flags, whether it was his immaturity um, or his injuries. So I don't think it, it really would have made much of a difference. I think the only way it could have helped is if he stayed injury-free the entire season and just went crazy. But at, at some point, some of these guys just have to go test the waters and, and hope they can make a, a spot. And there's a lot of guys like that on our team right now that I feel like are in that same boat. Yeah, and look, let's be real. You know, Brevin drew the sword into the stick with the team that drafted him, right? He did not go to a a good situation. I mean, I think he's making the best of it there. But, I mean, I just looked it up to see if he's got – I don't think he's played in a single game for him yet, right? Um, you know, I mean, that's just, it's just not a, not a solid situation. I mean, Houston's been, I think a little better than expected this year, but, uh, yeah, I mean, if he would have gone to a, you know, to a good situation and a, you know, a place where, you know, he's being utilized, then yeah, it looks great. But going to the Texans, it definitely doesn't look like it was a good move. <laughs> but I don't think that he's a true tight end. If you literally look at an NFL type tight end, I don't think he fits that mold. You know, again, this is where I go back to like Dorit King, you know, you should have came back this year as like looking at changing positions. 
again, you're not an NFL quarterback. I feel like you would have been better off moving over into a slot or, you know, learning how to play receiver, which you were earlier on in your career. Um, do you, Max, are you, are you a proponent of, of guys switching positions? Because, again, we, we look at someone like Mark Pope, who decides now wants to play corner, who no longer really is on the team. But do you think that certain guys need to learn how to learn a different position in order to move forward? Well, I think with, with Derek King's situation, I don't think he would have played if he moved a slot. I think his best chance to get playing time was to stay at quarterback because you got Mike Harley, Xavier Restrepo, Jacoby George. You had, you know, Pope, all of those guys ahead of – Brashard Smith ahead of you on the – like, uh, you know, some maybe some of those guys <laughs> you'd be ahead of, right? But um, I don't think he would have gotten a lot of snaps at receiver, and he was going to start at quarterback regardless. So I think that's that's more of a decision that you make at the next level. Um, and, and we, and we've seen that we've seen Braxton Miller convert from quarterback to wide receiver and, and played pretty well for a couple of years. Terrell Pryor. Yeah. Terrell Pryor. You have, a uh, uh, what's this, the guy that was KJ Osborne's quarterback at Buffalo, um, Tyree Jackson just actually yeah. converted to tight end for the Philadelphia Eagles, although he got hurt. So he's not playing this season. Um, Logan so Thomas he, for the Redskins. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's one of the best tight ends in the league right now. And he just converted after being in the league for a couple of years at quarterback. So I, I definitely think that's more of a, a senior bowl show that you can do it a little bit and then go do that in the NFL. But I don't think he would have gotten a ton of snaps at slot this year. Speaking of the slot, obviously you mentioned a bunch of names, right? You look at the Mike Harleys, Xavier Shrepo, uh Jacoby George. Uh, you could throw in Bashard Smith, you know, a lot of young guys, right? So as, as three leaves next season, do you think that that's a position that can be literally a focal point as far as playmakers? Because, again, when you look at the Jacobis, the Restrepos, the Bouchards, like you got ballers. You know, um, you got Brandon uh, Ibieto. You know, he'll be coming in. I think he kind of goes into the slot as well. Brad's going to uh, kill you for butchering his first name. I don't really care. We haven't even heard Landon? from Brad. What's his name, Landon? Landon. Landon, Landon. Ibieto. Yeah. What did I say, Brandon? Yeah. Oh, my bad. Whatever. So, but again, like at, at the end of the day, like there's just so much, there's so much competition, you know, right there in the slot. Do you think, but again, you look on the outside as well, obviously, you know, uh, was it Jaden Gibson just committed to Florida? Um, so again, you, you're losing out on another big receiver, but you, like you mentioned earlier, like Keyshawn Smith is an animal and yet we don't even try to get him the ball. You know, Max, you and I had talked previously um, you know, there's a game that he's one-on-one almost the whole game, and yet nobody's even taken an opportunity to throw him the ball. You know, you're going to lose Rambo, so but you throw Romello on that outside. Like, what do we do with our guys to keep them happy? Yeah, so um, a lot of people don't know. I mean, I guess it's starting to kind of, kind of come out now because Jacoby George is, is the fourth boundary guy, I think, right now. It's 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 uh, Keyshawn, Rambo, Romello, and Jacoby. So he's been getting cross-trained on the boundary this whole season. He's been playing slot and boundary. So, you know, moving forward next season, he could potentially take that role as as wide receiver either two or three, depending on if he can beat Romello out. Um, so we do have some of those guys. You have Mike Redding and, and uh, Daz Warsham, who's another guy that's been playing inside and outside, kind of cross-trained, but he's been banged up most of his career, right? So you haven't heard a ton from him. Um, and that kid's like 60 pounds soaking wet, man. <laughs> no, he put he put on some good weight. I think he's like 170 now, <laughs> at least. Yeah, 170. You know what I mean? And like, you know, we're I'm watching guys that are like in just different conferences. And Mike Harley's like 170, bro. If that. Yeah. 
Well, the thing is, Warsham's so tall, and at least Mike's Mike's short, and he weighs that. Yeah, Warsham's you know six four, right? Like when you see him, <laughs> I mean, the, the guy looks like he's gonna blow away, man. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. I, I know. Steve had, had had talked about him. I I, I don't. I, I don't think he's he might be more. I know this the website, which you know, never you don't really go by that, him, correct? But he's like 186 yeah. on there. Um, <laughs> so you know, hopefully, if he's 170, 180, then he you know, he's maybe at the end of this year, he'll be at a, a good playing weight for his size because he's like 6'1, 6'2. Yeah, what is it going to take from Miami to get stability at linebacker? Because uh, again. You know, Miami's always been known. I mean, I mean, obviously you have the different linebacker you, tight end you, running back you, blah, blah, blah. You know, Penn State for some reason claims to be linebacker you, and for the life of me, I have no idea why. Because, like, I look at all the NFL linebackers that came out of the University of Miami, and I don't nearly see as many guys that came out of Penn State, you know, with reputable well, names. It's, it's, it's the same thing like with Iowa claiming to be tight end you, and you're like, I, I, yeah, look at the production. <laughs> yeah, and granted, they usually have decent tight ends. They go high in the draft, but you don't hear from them like really going into the league and doing anything, right? Um, it's just it appalls me to see, and I want to I want to preface this and say this the right way. It appalls me to see how the University of Miami cannot get linebackers to way that the way they used to be. And again, you can go way back, you know, but even if you want to start in the late, late nineties or even early nineties, obviously you have Ray, um, you know, you have Nate, you have Dan, Vilma, Beeson, you know, Leon Williams, Rocky McIntosh, T good, you know, Sean Spence, you know, Denzel and who after Denzel, I mean, we're talking about 2013, Shaq, but I mean, okay. What where would you give Shaq from from an A to an F, like through his career? Where do you what, what kind of grade do you give him? A B, B minus, B plus, how, B minus. How, how are we ranking them compared to what though? Well, I, if you would stack him against some of the greats that played at the University of Miami, where would you grade him at? Probably a C. Okay. Yeah, but I'm giving like everyone on our team right now like an F if we're using that. that, that, that well, 100%. Grade. Because yeah. that's, but that's the standard that Miami should be at. That's the standard that Alabama's at. That's the standard that Georgia's at. And then that's where I'm saying we are so far removed from any type of dominance or prominence. Like, and Max, I agree with you. There's nobody I feel like on our team that deserves higher than a D. You know, it's, it's, I, I was talking to bird. Like we, we're literally running a program with G five coaches. Like there, there's no, like any of these other coaches are, are they being on a power five? Are they on a power five like roster or coaching staff somewhere? I don't think they are maybe T Rob, you know, I think T Rob, but at the same time, T Rob's getting a pass where Rump was getting destroyed. And again, you bring in someone like Tyreek Stevenson, who was supposed to be your shutdown lockdown corner, who's getting destroyed out on the outside as well. So tell me how your defense is any better. Manny's now calling the defense. Packy's your linebacker coach. For the life of me, I have no understanding how he's your linebacker coach. Like, this is what's getting the program, like, such bad reputation and bad bad publicity and bad press because you have coaches who are literally inept and doing their job. Like, Bird, if you didn't do your job on a, on a, on a standard where your boss said it, be fired, right? Fired. Done. Max, same thing. You'd be fired if you're not doing your job, at least to the expectations or at least close to the expectations 
that you're getting. Now, when you look at these contracts that these coaches are given, how come – and for the life of me, I don't understand how there's not a performance clause in your contract that says, hey, this is my expectation, and if you don't meet that, you're fired with no pay, right? So I, I, maybe that's in a contract somewhere. I have no idea. But there's – you know, why do we have to fire you and still pay you for your lack of knowledge and your lack of production? Should be paying us. Well, bro, we had said this before. You know how much money I spend to go? Obviously, Max, you live on the West Coast, right? But like, do you know how much money I spend to go watch this team year after year after year? Home games, away games, hotels, travel expenses, airfare, rental cars. And this is the product that I'm paying for. I look at, like, I'm actually. I'm investing, right? Like, so my money that I spend to go watch University of Miami is an investment. But my inv- I get no re- I get no return on my investment. Like, literally zero return on my investment. And, and you know what the worst part on that is, though, too, is the fact that you know just the administration and like they just like like they are right now. They just go and they curl up and they hide, right? To me, you do one of two things right now, right? You got to be decisive on you either cut Manny and move on or you publicly back them and you say this is our guy through the end of the year right it's just it's not fair to the kids it's not fair to their to their families it's not fair to manny right you know it's not fair to us as fans to not you know for for them to just sit there and and not say anything and not do anything and have no action that's why fans our fans get so mad because we just see no passion we don't see the same passion out of the administration and the leadership as we have ourselves and that's what that's what hurts man you know, you you mean cut him again, right? Cut, cut who? What? Manny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, obviously, listen. I, I think that's that's the that's the foregone conclusion. Everybody thinks that Manny's going to get get axed. Got got axed. Oh, he got <laughs> axed. He, he's going to get axed. I, I again. mean, you're, again. <laughs> Max is breaking news. You know, so but so here's my thing though. If if you cut him. Mid mid season, and Max, you and I had this conversation a couple weeks ago. Who do you replace him with? Yeah, I mean, it it depends. Uh, theoretically, you would assume it would be Jess Simpson because he holds the associate head coach role or the assistant head coach role. So you would you would assume that, right? But but ultimately, you want to pick somebody that's going to get the most out of the team and is going to be able to kind of offset the negativity that's been surrounding this program. And to me. That that's Rob Likens. I think he's he's probably the most well-respected coach on the staff at this point. All the players that he coaches play extremely hard for him, and he he gets into it. And uh, I, I think he he's an awesome head coach, and um, you know, inevitable not head coach, an awesome coach. And if it came down to it, I, I would want him being the the interim head coach. So a la Larry Scott after Golden, you know, that type of thing. And then again, at the end of the season, you kind of look at the body of work. And maybe you do due diligence, which you haven't done your due diligence. You know, Mark Mark Riff, Rick left tons of money on the table, and literally you just took that money and threw it out the window to have have a buyout from Temple, and then yeah. giving this guy a salary. I just I don't get it. Well, it's not even the buyout from Temple. I mean, that was astronomical, but it's also the the base salary that we're paying him, right? Like this guy's making more than Mark Rick made here. 
And it's like, you know, you were an assistant don't coming even up tell, there. Don't even tell me how much he's making. It's just going to make me even more frustrated. <laughs> no, I know, but it's it's crazy when you when you when you look at that. And it's like, you know, there was no search, no negotiation, right? It was basically like, you're our guy. We're going to go. We're going to pay for it. You know, we're going to pay your buyout. Plus, uh, we're going to pay you what we were paying Mark Rick. And like, look, Mark Rick, when we hired him, was an established coach with a was a ten win a year consistent sec coach that was really well respected you know and you just gave you just gave manny his contract and it's it's just kind of baffling you know and that's where you know i mean everybody's on blake like look i've had a lot of conversations with blake i think he's you know a nice guy and everything but when you look at that decision man like gotta be held accountable for that right like no other interviews no contract negotiation i mean eight hours after rick announced his retirement you know you're you're you know <laughs> You're introducing Manny back as a head coach. Like so so Max, if Manny is gone, right? I'm I'm using your words, like not again. <laughs> what, what about Blake? I'm I'm pretty torn, but I, I've I've thought about this a lot. Um <laughs> I, I really it. have. He got, like, he got the pin doll, man, and he's like he's just pointing the pin, he's just I, pushing I, the pins I, into him. As you guys know, because you're in the group chat, like I, I post Zoom links every every night, basically. So I think about this every single night. Um, <laughs> I need to start jumping into those more. But sometimes it's like, man, do I really want to get caught up in, in like just another one. <laughs> Y'all get heated in there, man. I've been in there before, man, and people are like, like pulling like virtual knives out at each other's throats and stuff, it's, man. It's it a gets, good time, man. It's a good it gets time. heated, bro. Yeah, it gets it. It gets real entertaining, just like my, just like the show, you know. But yeah. yeah. Um, I've come to the conclusion that I personally would like him gone. However, I would accept him staying if he gave up total control to the football program. Um, If we go out and hire, again, another hypothetical, Alonzo Highsmith to oversee football operations, and he doesn't have to report to Blake James, he gets to make every single decision he wants with football, and he gets to go ask the board of trustees for money, doesn't have to go through Blake James, or he can ask Blake James, hey, I need this money fundraise, then I'm totally cool with that. I would prefer him to be gone, um, but, I, but I think that's more more realistic at this point. You know, I'd, I'd have to agree with you because, again, you can't just look at the football program. I mean, you look at sports in general. Baseball is kind of atrocious. Basketball has been bad. Football is now bad, which has been bad. Uh, th- there's a lot that goes into being AD, which I don't know the first – or the last thing that an AD does. But we're going to talk about that when we come back from break. So you listen to the Kang Gang Radio Show here on Sirius XM, channel 145. We'll be right back. Yo, what's up? Baby, let's go. This is Tua Tungle by Yo, Sway Calloway. This is Spice Adams. This is Michael, the playmaker Every What's up? This is Grok, and you're listening to Slam, Slam Radio. Radio. Sirius XM, yeah. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Good morning, amigo. Hey, man, if, look, if they pick up Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo too, I'll, I'll be fine with him. But I'm just looking, I'm, I'm looking at the different angles. It doesn't, you I don't call know. him that, I call him Tunga Vailoa, whatever you want to call him. Listen, I don't know if they're 100% sold on Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo. Tunga Vailoa is the next quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. 
to a nigga Manuela Pula? To a? I can't do it. I'm done. Tonga Vailoa. To a nigga Manuela Pula. Tonga Vailoa. To a nigga Manuela Pula. Tonga Vailoa. To a nigga Manuela Pula. Tonga Vailoa. That sounds much better that way. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. We'll be back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. I'm Andrew Saul, Commissioner of Social Security. I'm here to warn you about telephone scammers pretending to be government employees. Some of these scammers may say threatening things like you will be arrested if you don't make payments or provide personal information. Do not fall for these tricks. These calls are not from us. Real Social Security employees will never threaten you for information or money. If you receive a call like this, hang up. Never give the caller your personal information, like your Social Security number or bank account, or send money in any form, cash, gift cards, wire transfers, or prepaid debit cards. Report the call to our law enforcement arm, the Office of the Inspector General at oig.ssa.gov. Share this information with your friends and family. Hola mi gente, ¿qué tal? Les saluda la diva Potra, la caballota, la reina y mi cuyo. Un saludo a mi gente de Slam Radio. And now we're back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. All right, one, down, one hour down, one hour to go here. Just kicking it with the boys, Kane Gang Radio Show. Having a good old time talking about the pros and cons, the do's, the don'ts, who's getting fired, who's not getting fired, you know, all the good things here at the University of who's, Miami. Who's already been fired? Who's already been fired? <laughs> out again. He's got fired again. So, um, so, UNC just scored again. Oh, man. Oh. Oh, you talking about from 2020? Good Lord. All right. So, let's, let's, since you brought that up, let, let's get into that topic. Obviously, we got UNC 330 in Chapel Hill. Um, Again, just just my opinion. I think these boys come out ready to play. I think TVD comes out and says, "Look, he takes command of the game." Um, and I've said this numerous times before the season. UNC does not scare me. Obviously, you saw what happened last week against Florida State. You saw it um, against Vatech. Like, obviously, you take away Josh Downs, and really, Sam Howell doesn't really have to throw. You know, he doesn't have anyone to throw the ball to. When you lose, you know, the Carter, the Williams, the Newsoms, the Browns. That takes a lot of, out of your offense. Bird, you and I have mentioned this many times. I think Miami goes in there. This is me. me Again, just me. I think Miami goes in there and beats them by 14. That's that's my personal opinion. I think Miami comes out ready to play. Um, UNC just doesn't scare me. They don't They don't look like they're a good team. Bird, talk to me. I'll never pick them to lose, man. You know, that's that's for sure. You know, um, but look, Mac Brown's had the strategy to, to, to beat Manny, right? And he knows him. He's – you know, he, he got back in a lot of hot water back at Texas, right? And I think Mac's still probably, you know, pretty upset about that, you know, because he had a he had a good gig going there for a long time. And uh yeah, I don't think he's I don't think he's forgotten. <laughs> and uh, I think he holds it against him. And I think, you know, when he when he looks at his schedule every year when it comes out, he circles the game that he's got Manny and he's like, We're gonna kick his tail. <laughs> and uh so far that's uh that's happened both times that uh that we've played. So you know, Max, what do you think? I think uh, 
force it. I think North Carolina is going to be so upset about last week, and it's they're just going to take out all their anger on us again. That's just how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like it's it's like kicking somebody when they're down, and we're down right yeah. now, and and they're trying to rebound. So I, I I'm not saying we're going to get blown out, but I just I don't see us winning that game. Like yeah, no chance, tough. no chance. No, there's a chance. I just don't think it's likely. So you're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> so deep oh, down, man. deep down, Max, you know Miami's going to win the game. Just spit it out. No. Just spit it out. I don't. Come lie. on, say it. I would never lie. Miami's going to win. Miami can win. Okay, so just like Diaz can. We we cover the point where we got to bully people into picking us now. <laughs> That's how bad it is. I mean. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I I feel like Miami's going to come out ready to play. Carolina just doesn't impress me. I don't think that they have what it takes this year. I think the ACC is still wide open. Not saying that Miami's going to come in there and run the table, but there's that opportunity. Um, You know, if you're talking now, what are you thinking? NC State, Georgia Tech in the ACC championship game. I mean, is that is that kind of what what is looking like at this point? No, 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 no way on Georgia Tech, man. I mean, look, they're they're making strides. And then it's going to be whoever. It's going to be pick somebody in the Coastal. It, it really is. Well, that's we could, we who's, could be who's, a, who's winning the Coastal a, right now? Who's leading the Coastal? Somebody yeah. with three losses. Pitt? This <laughs> one in the Coastal. But I'm saying right now, who, who, who's in, who's in the Coastal right, right now? now. Okay. Pitt right now. But Pitt hasn't played anybody either. But they don't need to. All they got to I mean, do is win Tennessee, the ACC. But I know. I'm just saying, like, you know, like no, nobody's really nobody's really earned it. Nobody's established themselves as the – as the front runner. And I'll tell you this, I mean, look, the, the, you know, the, the games that we've played so far, you know, we've yet to, to bring it together. And I just don't see how it could be that bad every week. Like we got to be able to put something together at some point and be able to, to put something on the field, man. It just can't be, continue to be that bad every single week. It can be. Look at your coaches. The coaches continue to be bad every single week. So if, but if it is bad, if it is, then, then, but then that's on your players, it. right? Then that's on your players. Your players should know coming into the game, look, look, this is my responsibility. Like, did you see the other day they came out with a uh, midseason all ACC team? Did you guys see that? Yeah, I remember I sent it to you. Bubba, who Bolden, was on there? Bubba Bolden is on the ACC, like midseason, midseason team. <laughs> mid-season team. Like, who's watching this? Do you, do you think our secondary – let, let me ask you this. So, Bird, let me ask you, and then I'll ask Max. <laughs> do you think Bubba Bolden – and let's just be honest, right? We're unscripted. We say it the way – do you think Bubba Bolden is a good safety? I, I Yeah, I, I think he's I think he's an okay safety. He just he hasn't done anything this year, and he didn't have done anything the second half of last year going back. Ever since that uh, ever since that dude hit him from, from NC State, man, he hasn't been the same. That big that big tackle that trucked him hasn't been the same. Mac, what do you think? Good, sure, I'll give you good. But <laughs> is he is he is he a solid safety? Absolutely not. I mean, you yeah. you turn on you turn on the tape. He's taking terrible angles all game long. Every time he makes a tackle, he 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 acts like he won the Super Bowl, just like Nestle Silvera. And and you don't Facts. he makes he makes more bad plays than he makes good plays. So no, I don't yeah. I, personally I don't think he should be starting anymore. Looking I would, at I would those, start the freshman, hundred percent agree. Looking at those Virginia highlights though, and it's been lost. I think we talked about it in the in the Discord group, Max. But 
um, like Bubba made the same exact mistake that Gervin Hall did against Michigan State that they were torching him from, where instead of going for the ball carrier, he engaged a blocker instead of instead of going after the ball. I could yep. I could pull that high I could pull that highlight if we need to here, but do it, like, do, it. do it, do it, do it. All right, <laughs> give me give me two minutes. I mean, I just feel like, and Max, I'm in a complete agreement with you. I think at this point, you already know what your cap is, and you already know what your ceiling is with a Bubba Bolden, a Mari Carter, a Gervin Hall. Why not play a James Williams, a Cam Kitchens? You're going to get Avante back. I was hoping he'd be back this week. I mean, he got a six game suspension or a six week suspension, whatever it is. But those are the type of players, you don't know what their ceiling is because you haven't seen their ceiling. So to me, I'm running. And if, if those guys of 0 and 24 and 15 are just a tad below the ceiling at 21 and 26 and 5 are, by all, my, by all means, I'm playing the young guys because I got two, three, four years with those guys. I mean, it, it really doesn't make any sense how those guys, the older guys, are still out there playing you know, play after play, game after game. It just it baffles me. Yeah, I I agree. I would start I would start the youth on on that position. I don't think. And here's another thing that's like a hot topic, right? You got players that have been here for a long time, four, five, six years, and they're not getting it done at their position. So what does Manny Diaz do? He moves them to another position and gives them snaps, right? So Zach McLeod, you know, solid solid freshman year didn't do much the rest of his career, right? Moves him to defensive end starting day one, right? And I know you guys are fans of Zach. I'm a fan of Zach as well. You know, I really like him as a person, but as a football player, he's not getting the job done, right? Now you have Gervin Hall, who is like a deer in the headlights whenever he's on the field, right? And and what's announced at practice this week, he's going to be playing nickel corner now. So just another, so just another reason to get to keep him on the field because James Williams and Cam Kitchens took his snaps at safety. Like it is ridiculous. Like next thing you know, Zach McLeod is going to be the freaking punter. Like, well, listen, I, don't think, keep, I don't think he beats out Lou. <laughs> like they're just going to keep moving him until he gets on the field. Like it's yeah. it's it's ridiculous. Like the guy sucks. Don't play him. You don't have to change his position and try something new. He hasn't done. He's been here six years. Gervin Hall has been here. 18 years still isn't getting it done stop changing his position he's just not good enough to start all right here's that here's that highlight for us to look at here of, of what happened with bubba so freeze it right here that's bubba right there 21 chips him it's going slow here hang on the white's moving so slow but it's going to come back here again hang on there he is right there instead of going for the ball carry he just goes and he chips on the he chips on the uh you know, on a blocker. <laughs> okay, well, here's the funny thing. You're worried about Bubba Bolden. I want to know what Corey Flagg was doing. If oh, Flag, yeah, no, listen, Flag, <laughs> listen this, this play's got a lot on it. Flag was getting punked the whole way, too. I, I mean, just, look at him. He's not even Where'd looking. he go? Which way'd he go? I lost him. Where'd he and go? And there's Nesta missing another tackle. Yeah, Ford Ford getting bullied by their offensive lineman. Nesta missing the tackle. I mean, okay, so just, even that. Oh so go, go back to that play. And, and let's watch. Let's even watch DJ Ivy. Like, let's watch DJ Ivy on this play. Like, where is he running to? Like, shouldn't you be going towards the ball carrier, not running yeah. parallel with the ball carrier? Because okay, right here, there's DJ. First, he's getting held. But then let's just run up the field. Let's not even like. Where yeah. are you going? You Dude, know this, what I mean? This, like, <laughs> this play defensively, just just I mean, there's so much you can look at that just irritates you through the whole thing right here. You know. 
It's, Max, uh, do, you, do you ever go back and watch like replays of the game? Yeah, of course. So uh, we do the same thing. We go back and we check it. We <laughs> and sometimes you just make like you want to know or you want to you wonder are the coaches looking at the same game film that we as fans are looking at? Because for the life of me, <laughs> what I just saw on the screen there, half those guys shouldn't even be on the field. Like not yeah. at the University of Miami, maybe at an FIU. Maybe at an FAU, you know, I'm, I'm just throwing, like, teams out there. But you're talking about the University of Miami. Like, you had so much, like, heritage and so much legacy and, and so much, like, the guys that put the work in ahead of you. Even, like, the second and third teams. Like, you go back to that 0-1 team, and I know it's been mentioned numerous times, but your your third-string fullback was Willis McGahee at that point. Like, <laughs> uh, like that's, that's the type of talent that you had back then. And those guys didn't care where they played because they wanted to get on the field and it just worked and worked. And this is what we're watching now. Like that just shows you how far, like, is it a coaching thing? Is it a Miami thing now? Like, why are we where we are? Matt, what do you think about that? Well, why are we where we are is it's an administration thing. That's, that's the brunt of it. But in this instance, you're either, I mean, this is a, this is a saying that I've been preaching to, you know, people that I talk to on a daily basis for the past couple of weeks, you're either coaching it or you're allowing it. And Manny Diaz is allowing these players to make the same mistakes over and over and over and not taking them out of the game. So, so one, either he's coaching them to do the wrong thing, which is terrible, or two, he's allowing them to do this and not taking them out of the game, which again is terrible. So So what you're saying is there's no accountability. Zero. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. There's no reason why go ahead, Bert, but there's no reason why these guys should make the same mistake game after game after game and be rewarded by getting back on the field. There's there's guys that have played here that have that have really yet to make a, a, a play their entire career, right? And Look, I don't, I don't want to be critical enough to call them out by name, but I mean, we all know who they are, right? I mean, there's guys that have played, you know, 50 snaps a game for the past two or three years, and they've basically got no highlights here, you know? And then the times where they do get up, it's, you know, ripping the chest and the Superman and, ah, oh, yeah, you know? And it's like, dude, <laughs> you're you're not there when we need you, man, you know? I don't know. But until, until there's some type of accountability, until Manny Diaz – or a T-Rob, or a Jess Simpson. Uh, so let, let's talk about Jess Simpson, right? Because, again, he's the assistant head coach. Max, he controls a D-line. Our D-line is pretty bad. Would you agree or disagree? I would say our defensive ends are pretty bad, and I feel like the wrong ones are playing. But again, I tackle? It's, it, I think our defensive tackles are playing decent. I think the ends are playing terrible. And the, and the question becomes – does Jess Simpson make the personnel decisions or is that Manny Diaz? And again, I don't have the answer to that question, yeah. but there's no reason that Chance Williams and Elijah Roberts should not be the starting defensive ends at this point. They've proven every time they've gotten in the game to make plays and you got you you have other guys that have been getting 30 to 60 snaps a game that don't do anything. So why why do these guys get anywhere between 15 and 30 snaps a game when they're outproducing they're outproducing with less snaps. They're doing Correct. more with less. So give them more so they can do more. Do you think 5-6 is better than 1, 96, 91, 81? I think 81 is the best defense alignment on this team right now. 
Um, and yet, and yet he's a backup. I feel like he's kind of co? starting at this like point. A, like a co-starter? Yeah. So I think he should be playing damn near the whole game unless he's tired. He, he should be tapping on his helmet when he wants to come out, not because Manny's making personnel changes, in my opinion. Now, the LT thing, it's hard to say because the first game he played against Coastal Carolina, his pad level was atrocious. Um, and I could see why he wasn't playing because that needed to be addressed. However, you see him in the Virginia game his pad level changed. He was able to get skinny and get in between a guard and a tackle, a guard and a center. Um, and he, he definitely showed progress. So if he can go from one week to playing with bad pad level, make an improvement and show that he got better in a week, we got guys who haven't made improvements and they've been here for four years, then yeah, he should probably get some more snaps. Yeah, there's a reason he's a five-star kid, right? You know, because he's got the ability to, you know, to, to learn and to make adjustments and whatnot. So what are you going to say, Co? No, I'm just saying, like, what I saw, and Max, to, to, to agree with you, what I saw from week one to week two, and then obviously seeing what he's been doing, like, there's no reason. That's why I go back to if your ceiling as a younger is just as that as a senior, like, bro, I'm taking the younger all day. I already know what I'm getting out of Nesta. I know what I'm getting out of Ford. I know what I'm getting out of Miller. Like, I just really haven't cracked the surface to see what I'm getting out of, you know, an LT yet. You know, yeah, he looked good against, you know, some – inferior opponents and things like that, but why not let him just play? I go back to Vince Wolfork. Like there's a reason why he got on the field when he was, you know, a freshman because their potential is there, but in order for these guys to succeed and in order for these guys to move forward, they got to play. Right. Bert, are we coming up to the break? Uh, yeah, we are right now. Oh, yeah. Hey, so no, you got it right on. You got it right on the spot this time, man. <laughs> last week, I last week I cut us early, man. So yeah, whatever. It's okay. And, well, you guys are listening to the Kang Gang Radio Show here on Sirius XM Slam Radio Channel One Forty Five. We'll be back in just a moment. Hey, look what I found! A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM One Four Five Slam Radio. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. We are strong, we are resilient, and we will get through this together. But these are stressful times, and it's important to also practice good self-care. It's normal to feel overwhelmed, anxious, or afraid, but there is hope. Reach out to someone, connect with your friends, stay in touch with your community, and know that you are not alone. Learn more at wearebroadcasters.com hope. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Good morning, amigo. But you I'm see what's a bad idea to do that? I didn't bro, cry during the talk. Good thing, good thing. You're going to be home today, so nobody can see you cry. But I was fine. I didn't even cry. I was like, good. No, but the silence afterwards is enough. Oh, and then you give me that puppy look. Back. You get that puppy look you have. I'm just holding it back a little. Give good a thing little nobody credit. can see crying tonight. I'm fine. Stay home. Privacy of your own home. Watch it on Zoom. <laughs> you, know, you can be a Richard sometimes. <laughs> Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. We'll be back with Kane Gang. 
on SiriusXM 145 Slam Radio. Social Security is with you through life's journey from birth to retirement. As your life changes year to year, so do your needs. For over 80 years, Social Security has helped to meet your needs and is committed to improving access to the services that make a difference in your life. Today, you can verify your earnings, estimate your future benefits, apply for retirement, manage your benefits, and even change your address, all from the comfort of your home. Social Security's online services help put you in control with secure access to your information anytime, anywhere, allowing you to spend more time with family, friends, or simply just enjoying the day. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. I'm constantly failing, guys. I'm constantly learning. It's not how you fall, it's how you get back up. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. But I really get motivated when people tell me it'll never happen. That, that to me is what makes me get up in the morning and go, what's next? I love people to tell me no. I love people to tell me don't, it won't, impossible. And uh, the word can't is the word can. And the word don't is the word do. And the word won't is the word one. And in the word impossible, it's possible. What do you tell them? You tell them, you know, you know that, that all they can do is learn and come back bigger, better, stronger, because all it's going to do is lead you in the right direction. See, if you're always winning, then you don't really understand what it is to win. You, you got to take those losses. You got to take those hits. There's got to be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs. In order for you to, when it does happen, you go, wow, terrible. You know, this is what it's all about. On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. Slam Radio, what's up? From Enrique Santos, 294.9, iHeart Latino. And now we're back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145, Slam Radio. You know, one, one thing that I was thinking about earlier, too, and Max, I'm going to bring this back up for you, is I would love to have – it literally just kind of got back in my brain. I would love to be sitting at home watching football with my dad. You know, like like I, like I Grayson, he'll watch football with me. I mean, he'll be four on Saturday. You know, my other two kids, they don't necessarily care about it. You know, they might – they're too busy on their phones and whatever, right, their iPads and – but man, like that to me, that means something that, you know, here it is, you and your dad have that strong bond and you have that relationship where, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, obviously if we're playing at noon, you guys are, you know, you guys are up at nine o'clock, you know, or, or up a lot earlier, you know, cooking breakfast and, and watching the game, like, you know, having, having bagels and, you know, scrambled eggs, watching a nooner instead of burgers and hot dogs. Right. But I, I really commend you for that. Cause I, I would love to be able to do that with my kids, you know, or my dad for that matter. 
yeah no it's it's been an awesome experience and you know his his whole upbringing with the whole canes you know obviously attending there you know from 78 to to 82 you know being there when that program really started to to kind of surface um you know he's he's told me so many stories and introduced me to so many you know people former players and stuff like that and um it's just been awesome kind of learning really learning the game from him because i didn't grow up playing football um, okay you know it's something that i i, I learned right I, I wasn't a you know one my high school didn't even have a football team um which is crazy it was you know it was a new school but i i grew up playing baseball that was my main sport um you know had ambitions to play that in college i fortunately got got hurt before that um and, and couldn't end up playing but you know baseball and basketball were kind of my main sports until i got to college um and you know i always watched the games with him growing up but he really taught me the sport and you know he played and um you know has so much knowledge and, and knows so many guys that that played at, you know in the nfl and all that kind of stuff so it's been awesome kind of being able to learn the game from him and then you know me being a super analytical and and, and sports heavy mind I just dive in and do, I mean, every research imaginable. Um, so, so it's funny you say that because I was just going to bring this up. And for those of those who are probably listening and or will be listening on the show, like when early when you talked about Lawrence Taylor, I mean, Leonard Taylor, um, and you talked about his pad level being too high. Explain to that because a lot of people probably don't know what you mean by that. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, if your pad level is high, you're not getting a low center of gravity. You're not going to be able to, you know, use all the strength in your body. Um, and you're a lot easier to get engaged with um, from the offense alignment. So, um, you know, being able to lower that pad level is going to help them out. And like I mentioned earlier, getting skinny, um, that's kind of just like a code word is, is kind of, you know, getting from big, I mean, I know the guys on the radio can't see my hands, but, you know, getting big to a little bit smaller, you know, just to try and sneak through two guys, right? And that's that, that's kind of the term getting skinny. And so all these different things as a defense alignment specifically can, can really help you get to the quarterback and get through the offensive line. Yeah, and a lot of it's anticipating creases, like when you say, you know, anticipating where the holes are going to be in the offensive mm -hmm. line and being able to to kind of, you know, position yourself to get there and be able to beat that offensive line. And I think that's kind of part of what you mean by getting skinny, too. I mean, I'm already skinny, so I, I don't really have to worry about that. You know, Dude, like, I can... it's, it's amazing <laughs> as after as many Dr. Peppers and Pepsis as you drank a day. Bro, how I'm many, literally how many getting I don't know. I'm on this like little sport, like Kirkland sport drink. It's still bad for you. It's still got 35 grams of sugar in it. <laughs> you get LaCroix, you know. Right here. Got that water, bro. That's I ain't gonna lie to you. I did just kill like po pollo, like a half chicken. <laughs> bro, you eat dinner on the show every night, man. <laughs> well, listen, mama mama had to run out to get some uh, stuff for the birthday party on Saturday. Uh, obviously, yeah. you know, we're having a big birthday party for Grayson. You know, I wanted to go to the UNC game, and then I was thinking like, but I really want to take him to Chapel Hill for his birthday and potentially lose. <laughs> I, I'm saying potentially lose, even though I think we're going to win. And I'm like, it just seems like every road game, and I don't even know when the last road game we went to that we won. I'm, I have to think about it. So Florida Florida State probably. Last one, last one I was at, the last road game I was at that we won was actually in Chapel Hill in 17. Wow. Yeah. Is that Braxton Berrios? Yeah, Braxton had a that was that was that that was that really tight game that we played against them. But then halftime we came year. out. I think we came out yeah. at halftime and scored real quick. I think I don't know if it was Chris Herndon or somebody scored pretty quick right after half. Um, yeah. yeah, he did. Yeah, um, like, like a sixty-yard seam route, just gone. 
Yeah, I think, again, like obviously this year, Alabama, that was a loss. Last year, Clemson, I went to Clemson last year, that was a loss. So the year prior, I, it would have to be Tallahassee. We actually won in tally. Other than that, man, like just road games are just atrocious these days going. And, you know, some of the venues stink too. Like, you know, you go to Georgia Tech a couple years ago and you get beat by Georgia Tech in Atlanta. And, and again, you go to Atlanta, there's nothing to do in Atlanta. Like people think, oh, you're going to Atlanta. It's either the Coke Factory, the Aquarium, Stone Mountain. Like how many other things can you do in Atlanta, right? I'm, maybe go to the mall, which done that, been there. Like, I, you know, it's just it's one of those things. Like, like road games to me are – it's the environment. It's the location. That's what makes road games fun. Like when we went to Dallas, right? We played LSU. Um, actually, it was in Arlington. But, you know, again, we went to Waco. We went to Fort Worth. You know, we just – there's things that you did. Like when we played right. Oklahoma. I went, to, I went to OKC. You know, there's just different things. Barry, go ahead. Speaking, speaking of these road games, how are we feeling about that College Station trip next year? <laughs> I'll be there. Oh, and, of course. Uh, what, I saw, what I saw the other night was it's going to be rowdy. Listen, those guys that like 30,000 people meet on Friday night for, I think they call it yell practice or something. And they practice their chance. Like it's, it's unlike anything else, man. I got, it's been on my bucket list. I just hate that we have to go into that environment. I have to go to watch my team play against it. I want to be part of it, not, not wanting my team to win. Go to know? that yell practice and practice your Ibis call. Yeah. That's it. What is, the Ibis? Like, what is the Ibis oh, call? Uh, I, I don't know. But, yes. Woo. I don't know, but our, our guy Big Groove has Big Groove does one every time he's on a show. Really? Oh, does he? Oh yeah. Is it's, it like a sound? Yeah, I, I actually like recorded a clip of him doing it and I have it on like my stream yard <laughs> so I can just click it and it plays. Nice. Very nice. You know, that's oh, the man. thing you know, it's funny now because like Grayson. Whenever we go to the games, you know, he always yells now. And even at home now, he always yells for Sebastian. Sebastian! You know, because we're always yelling at him because he's walking in front of us and things like that. So he's gotten to the point now where that's all that's all he wants to do is yell Sebastian. Sebastian! Sebastian! And I'm like, bro, we're not even at the game yet. And he's like, <laughs> I want to see Sebastian. So, I mean, so Max, that's why I go back to, you know, you growing up with your dad. I, at least I have, like, like the – future or the potential with Grayson wanting to like, or he enjoys right now as a four-year-old going to games with me. So as he continues to get older, you know, that's something I, I'm looking forward to taking him to road games. And, you know, I'm sure mama wanted, she'll go with us too, but like just having that father son bond, I think there's something special about that. You know what I mean? And just being able to hang out and kick it. And, you know, growing up, obviously it seems like you and your dad had a pretty good relationship. Um, I didn't have that with my dad. My dad kind of bounced when I was like 10. And I didn't hear from him until I was probably about 18 or 19. Um, but, you know, I, I didn't get the opportunity to ask my dad a bunch of questions, like, as I was growing up. You know, like, it's just one of those things where, you know, you want to confide in your dad with some stuff. Now, Bird, you have a daughter. You don't have a son. You know, but I'm sure, you know, I'm, I'm sure Aaron, like, wants to talk to dad or hang out with dad. Oh, you know? She's ba- she's bounded about that you, though, man. She'll come to the game. <laughs> she'll throw it up. Hey, she was in. The, she was there for the Virginia game, man, and, and she she was just as pissed as me pulling away, man. <laughs> she was mad in the car. Bro, I don't even get mad anymore. Like, that's the oh, I was Max, mad. Max, you get mad. I wasn't mad. I was actually sad after that one, man. I don't get mad. I'm so numb to it. I'm I don't so get, numb. I don't get mad, but like I, I, I legit am like physically sick. Like I don't want to eat. Like oh wow, it, it gets that you know, bad for you? No, it's not so much right after the game. For me, it's the next day after the game, man. It's like oh, waking cool. up. I'm cool. 
Oh uh, no! I'm, the, the next day, like I'm just dragging, man. You know, like I'm like, oh man, like I just feel like shit. Well, for me, it's more like I'm okay again. So again, I've been doing this for so long. Like I'm just I'm numb to it. You know, like so that that Virginia game, as we were going down, literally when we got to the 15 yard line, what a first down! I literally looked at Dolphin Derrick, I looked at JD, and I said, I guarantee you, they're going to try to play for a field goal. Why not? Play? And I literally was pacing back and forth, back and forth. No field goal, no field goal, no field goal. And then I saw the first play, I'm the field goal. Saw the second play, field goal. Like, it's just, you're killing me here. You know, that's where I feel like you have no, you don't have that killer instinct. Like, why are you trying to just settle for a field goal? Like, bro. But then lie about it, too. Oh, uh, 100%. <laughs> no, no, we had every intention of trying to score. Not with your play calling? <laughs> no, no. Not, not when they had, like, nine in the box and you just ran up the middle. <laughs> have you have you obviously we've all been around the program is this and i'll be guilty because i'll say yes i thought our running back core you know a la you know cheney before cheney got hurt before rooster gets suspended for four games i thought this would have been like the type of running back class that we've had going back to the early 2000s did you guys think the same thing or did you guys think a little differently i did yeah i think we have that talent Maybe not that talent, but we have the, we have the talent. <laughs> I, I like how Max prefaces that. Not that talent, but like the talent. <laughs> yeah, we we do, but we don't have the line. So yeah. I mean, you can you're just as good as your O line, and and our O line doesn't create any holes. So it's hard for these guys to get busy, and that's why I yeah. think it's important that we have Jalen Knighton back because he's that change of pace that. You know, regardless of the O line blocking, he might be able to break some plays off. Uh, and we've yeah. really been missing that. You talk about pad level on guys, man. And, and, and observation I've made on on Cam Harris, man, is that dude. He's his knees are almost touching the ground as he's running. Like you know, or yeah. You know, I mean, do you notice that how low he runs? I think that's why he slips almost all the time when he's out there, man. I mean, and then finally when he breaks a play, you know, he's standing straight up and he's out. But yeah. It's hard to say. Um, he does have really low pad level, and I think it helps him if he were to be more physically imposing, right? If he were to to engage, instead of letting himself get tackled, if he was the one basically tackling as the running back, I think it would benefit him a lot because that strength is going to be there because of that low pad level. Um, but for him he's just not putting it all together. Like uh, there was two plays in the Virginia game where he fell down without contact. Like he, one of them, he literally dove instead of getting tackled. And the, uh, the other one, he just kind of fell. Um, and it's hard to say, you know, what's attributing to that, but he's just got to, like I said, these guys that have been in the program for a while, they got to be able to put it together. But it, it, you know, on the other hand, our O-line isn't helping at all. So, I look at someone like Cam Harris, and he kind of reminds me a little bit of a Tyrone Moss. Same kind of build, same type of leg strength, you know, that type of thing. Tyrone Moss, to go to your point, Max, he would engage contact. He didn't shy away from it. I I almost think, and I I could be wrong by this statement, and if I am, you know, I'll own up to it. I almost feel like he's running not to get hurt. He's running low so no one goes at his knees. He's not looking to take an injury. You know, uh, again, because – He's he's a he's a decent sized back who potentially could have a small future maybe in the league as a you know a third down back. I mean I don't know this for sure, 
but and the way he runs, it's almost like he's afraid to get hurt. He's running not to get hurt. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. And you know, there's there's multiple ways that you can think about it. One, no no Jalen Knighton and no Don Chaney. So maybe he was protecting himself from being hurt because he, he wants to prove that, again, another guy that's kind of been banged up, he wants to prove that he can be dependable and, and available. Um, but I don't know if, you know, if that's really what's the reason for it. Um, but uh, it would make sense. I don't think it's smart, but it would make sense. Right. Right. I just feel like at some point, and it's crazy how you see him, he runs off tackle, he runs up the middle, you know, he trips, he falls, he gets tackled. Then all of a sudden, boom, he breaks for 70 yards. It's like, you know, if you can do that every game, which, you know, for the most part, he's had big runs almost in every single game. Like, why are you, it always feels like it's a, it's a, it's a one, it's a one person tackle. Like it's not a gang tackle on him. It's one person grabbing a shoe or one person hit him in the leg and then he goes down. Like you should be able to break through those tackles, those arm tackles. Like you're built like a house. Like how are you not breaking arm tackles? When I'm watching every other team break through our arm tackles with no problems, you know? So is it a, is it a running style? You know, he does kind of run upright when he finally gets in the open. It's almost like he looks like Eric Dickerson when he's running like really upright when he finally breaks, you know, so he really has two different running styles. One when he's kind of getting crowded and another one when he's out in the open. So it just doesn't seem fluent. I think he's just, maybe his muscles are so big, you know, he's just, he's so strong that his muscles are constricted and it makes it, his running style look weird. I I don't know. What do you think, Bert? (laughs) What do you you think? You think so? Go ahead, Bert. No, I was just saying, I mean, look, I, you know, I, I brought it up. Like, his, his running style's weird, man. <laughs> you know, it just it doesn't doesn't make sense because, you know, the, it's it's almost like he's he's too too big stiff? or too, too, too physical. Stiff? Yeah, like, yeah, I, I don't know what it is, man, because you, you look at him and you look at especially his early tape here and, you know, I mean, he was a beast, man, you know, and now it's like, I mean, you see all these, you know, these these pictures and these videos of him. He's Jack, but it's almost like, are are, are you, you know, <laughs> did you go too far on it? Did you sacrifice, you know, your speed and your agility? It just doesn't. Well, make that's sense that's what happens. So, and again, I know we get, we're up against a break, and we'll talk about it in a minute. But you know, Max playing basketball, you know, playing baseball, you know, if you lift too much, it literally it affects like you're playing basketball, and you start getting too strong. It affects your shot. You got to stretch more. You got to do different things. So let's talk about that when we get back from the break here at the Ken Gang Radio Show. Channel 145, Slam Radio, Sirius XM. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM 145, Slam Radio. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. We are strong, we are resilient, and we will get through this together. But these are stressful times, and it's important to also practice good self-care. It's normal to feel overwhelmed, anxious, or afraid, but there is hope. Reach out to someone, connect with your friends, stay in touch with your community, and know that you are not alone. Learn more at wearebroadcasters.com slash hope. 
furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Good morning, amigo. But you I'm see, it's a bad idea to do that. I didn't Bro, cry during the talk. Good thing, good thing. You're going to be home today, so nobody can see you cry. But I was fine. I didn't even cry. I was like, good. No, but the silence afterwards is enough. Oh, and then you give me that puppy look. Back. You give me that puppy look you have. I'm just holding it back a little. Give good thing nobody can see crying tonight. I'm fine. Stay home, privacy of your own home, watch it on Zoom. <laughs> you, know, you can be a Richard sometimes. <laughs> Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. We'll be back with Kane Gang. On Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Social Security is with you through life's journey from birth to retirement. As your life changes year to year, so do your needs. For over 80 years, Social Security has helped to meet your needs and is committed to improving access to the services that make a difference in your life. Today, you can verify your earnings, estimate your future benefits, apply for retirement, manage your benefits, and even change your address all from the comfort of your home. Social Security's online services help put you in control with secure access to your information anytime, anywhere, allowing you to spend more time with family, friends, or simply just enjoying the day. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. I'm constantly failing, guys. I'm constantly learning. It's not how you fall, it's how you get back up. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. But I really get motivated when people tell me it'll never happen. That, that to me is what makes me get up in the morning and go, what's next? I love people to tell me no. I love people to tell me don't, it won't. of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. Slam Radio, what's up? From Enrique Santos, 2249, iHeart Latino. And now we're back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145, Slam Radio. Final segment here on the Kang Gang Radio Show. So, so Max, like I play basketball. Um, I did all through high school. I played baseball. I actually lettered in five sports, um, which is kind of rare these days. No one really does that. But I wanted my letterman jacket to be completely covered. So I was running cross country. I ran track. I played football. I played baseball. I played basketball. Um, 
But the thing is, like when we put our basketball coach, he would never really want us to lift weights. Because again, if you're a shooter, you start putting too much muscle on, it really can affect your shot. So as we, we did some conditioning, we did some weight training, but we would literally stretch and hang to allow our arms to kind of to go back to kind of our normal arm. Because again, when you're a jump shooter, it, it really affects you. So um, I don't know if Cam has gotten to the point where he's just, you see, you see some of the videos that he posts, like his neck and his traps and his biceps. I mean, he's, he's a monster. Like he looks big. I don't know if, name another big back. I mean, like Ezekiel looks pretty, like Zeke looks big. I don't know what his, his size is. Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry, but he's just an animal. <laughs> he's right. an anomaly for sure. <laughs> that's, that's just a different animal. But, you know, look at Trent Richardson. Like Trent Richardson, ran, I think, ran the same way. That's another comparable person. Like just kind of stiff, upright, had a great college career, didn't do crap in the NFL. Um, but, again, running backs, I just want to see somebody. And, again, you talk about Jalen Knighton. I want to see somebody get the, get the ball, plant the foot, and go north and south. Like, I don't care about side to side. I mean, I guess you're doing a jet sweep or you try to get around the edge. I get it. But, man, like, if you see the hole, you got to learn how to plant, cut, and go. You know, McGahee was perfect for that, man. If you go back and watch some of his films, McGahee would plant that foot and turn up and then be gone. We don't have that. Yep. Yeah, I think I think that's what Jalen Knighton is. Um, and, and, and you could kind of see it when he played last game. He makes yeah. quick decisions and he just goes and he can he can get from zero to 100 really, really fast. Um, so I think having him back is going to be big. I, I've said it before. I think he's the most talented running back on this roster. And I don't think it's I don't think it's very close. I don't I, listen. 100 percent, Max, I would agree with you. You know, Cody Brown, Thad Franklin, you know, Cam Harris, I think they're all the kind of the same back with just little differences as far as speed wise. Uh, Thad Franklin looks pretty good, but he's just not a fast guy. But again, what did I see against Central Connecticut State? Nothing, because at the end of the day, you played Central Connecticut State. I want to see you guys be able to put up those type of numbers, get, you know, five, six, seven yards of carry against an Alabama. Well, oh, even heck, let me see it against a Virginia. Let me see it against at least another Power Five school, because even against Michigan State. I didn't really see a lot of the backs being able to get separation to get out in space. You know, we should have been using our, our ground game to open up the play action pass. You know, that's another thing that we don't really do like much is play action because again, you got to have a running game in order to, to do play action. And I feel like Miami just doesn't do that. Yeah, I would absolutely agree with you, man. I mean, the, the, the play calling has been, been baffling, man. And I don't, you know, I mean, I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of the RPO, man. I would, I would just really like to see us. I think it, I think the RPO really stifle, stifles our playmakers, right? And it takes, it takes the speed and their, their natural God-given ability out of their games, right? And uh, I don't know. I'd love to see us go away from it. You want to have- know why? You want to know why it's bad? You don't have the playmakers. You don't have the players to run it. No, no, we have. No, it's fine. The real reason is because it's not an actual RPO. Facts. It's it's, it's window yeah. dressing. So the way Rhett Lashley calls, I have a friend that his his old teammate played for him at one of his stops. I think it was at at Auburn. He he tells you what to do before the ball snaps. So it's you got one it, read. You're not even doing anything it's else. Not, it's it's not even a read. He tells you what the read is. So the problem is the whole point of an RPO is to read the defensive end, and if he comes in. You pull. You pull. And if he doesn't, 
you know what to do, right? But he yeah. takes that element out. So why? So when you see, you know, Derek King hand the ball off when there's a guy right in his face, it's because Lashley told him to do that. So there's no, it's, it's so limiting on his players and it's detrimental because the whole purpose of an RPO is to read. It's called a read pass option, but he's taking the read out of it. So there's no reason to even run it. It's just, it's terrible. And, and unfortunately that's the offensive coordinator that we have calling plays for us. Literally formality. Let me ask you, let me ask you this question, Bert. I'll ask you the same question too. Max on offense. What's your favorite formation? No one ever talks about this, but I, I'm, I'm interested to see what your favorite formation on offense would be. It's got to be five wide. Oh, you like the umpire? <laughs> you got it's got to be five wide. Okay, listen, it's five wide, or you got Brashard Smith and Jalen in the backfield together. Okay, all right, yeah. Bird. What's your favorite? What's your favorite formation? Uh, well, I mean, if, if, if I were to line one up, I don't even know that I'd have a name for it. Right. But I would put Broussard Smith back there in some form of an all purpose back. Right. Uh, I'd have two wide plus, uh, plus a tight end, right. It would be a Royal in this case. Um, and then a, uh, and then a running back as well. Yeah. I'm just curious. You know, I'm old school, right? I, I man, I liked the old. Wishbone, baby. Wishbone. You, want the, you, no. you, want, you want 22 personnel, bro. I like the, <laughs> I, I like the eye formation, you know, or, you know, the single back is, is actually a really nice, you know, again, going back to the like the old Miami with like the Leonard Conleys when they literally can just literally run a single back or even give me a two back set. Right. Like, you know, Max, like you just said, you give him Bouchard and a knight in the backfield. You, you got so many different options. I'm definitely a five wide guy. Ever since I watched Varsity Blues, you know, you run the you run the oomph oomph like, bro, like literally with the talent and the speed that the University of Miami has. And again, you can even go four receivers and even throw like an Arroyo or a Larry Hodges, throw somebody else in there as a tight end. Um, but that's that's got to be a mismatch nightmare for the defense. Like all that speed, but yet you don't even think about that. I go back to a couple of years ago when we when we we were playing Virginia Tech. That's the game we went down 28-0. We had the Hail Mary at halftime, went down 28-7 and a half, ended up coming back to take the lead, right? And then we they're going to score, and we missed the extra point. I think it was uh, – Either Bubba or Turner Davidson, one of them makes an extra point. Um, but we had the ball on the five yard line to what opportunity to score. You got somebody like Evidence Njoku, who's six six, and yet you don't even throw a fade route. You throw two balls over the middle to Brevin Jordan. Like you have to understand your players and your personnel. Like if you got a five ten corner, you don't think I'm gonna put like my six foot six guy out there and just throw a fade route to him? Well, I want, to, I want to add to that, right? And there's a reason that I'm not a football coach. I mean, I helped and coached a little bit of Pop Warner, right? But, you know, because I would be like a mad scientist, like crazy, like everybody would be looking at me like I'm nuts. I would put you know, in an off – I would have a package around the goal line that would have four tight ends in it, you know, with the way these tight ends are nowadays. Like if you can imagine like a Larry Hodges back there with, you know, an Arroyo. And let's just say you had like, you know, some of these high-end guys like – Really, Georgia could do it right now with the tight end recruiting they've been doing. Jeez. It's been ridiculous. And but they just got know, another. Like, they just five. got another one. Oscar <laughs> Delp. Yeah, Oscar <laughs> Delp community. Yeah, and then, you know, it's it's been it's been ridiculous. But, you know, imagine four athletic tight ends out there that, you know, that could run. It's a, it's a nightmare because you've trot that out there onto the field, and how does another team defend that, right? You said you got, you know, five, five, six, five, seven, five, eight DBs out there. You know, you're crushing them, <laughs> you know, and – I don't know. I, I to me, but even, I would. But love even to see so, that. 
you know, did you watch the game against Arkansas? And I'm sure you guys did when, when Georgia played Arkansas. They brought big number 99 Davis, you know, to, to come in like as a lead blocker. Like mm-hmm. we don't have that type of player, first of all, like <laughs> to be a lead blocker. But like you use what you have in order to try to win the game. Like the coach that that goes like that goes to coaching. Right. So, again, to your point earlier, like Manny just doesn't know what he's doing. He, he yeah. doesn't. And, and I respect the guy. Um, we don't even have a goal line defense. No, we, we don't, don't have a play. We don't have a playbook. Well, we, on defense, we we that that's a little yeah, sh- overblown. But we yeah, no, sh- we don't have a playbook. <laughs> we have a playbook, but the 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 meaning of that saying is you basically have a handful of plays, and every other team knows those plays. And they just counter those plays, and the head coach doesn't have any answer to that. That's what and that saying means. We don't. So have let, let me let me let me just say this, Max. So we were in Atlanta. Bird was there. We ran into somebody who literally told us that Miami does not have a playbook on defense. Well, and you say ran into somebody. I mean, I'm not mentioning. I'm, yeah. I'm not saying. No, names. no, no. I'm not, I'm not even going to say a name. But like, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to say that it's it's a very reputable source. I'm pretty sure I know who it is. Could well, be. If you, if you say it, go ahead. I'll, I'll agree with you, Mr. Chief of Staff. No, no, but <laughs> but granted, Max. Like we were just told, they do not even have a playbook. On that level of knowledge, though, let's put it that way. Which Somebody is, yeah, which is mean, baffling to me. And you can yeah, do, well, obviously, even if they do, they still suck. Well, that's what I mean, though. Like, uh, you can't not have a playbook because Manny's calling plays, right? He's not just saying, hey, hey, you go there and you go there. Like, <laughs> he says a word and everyone knows what to do. My whole thing is, like, that saying is, like, hey, we have three plays and those are our plays. But, <laughs> and every, that's other all. Co- but every other coach knows that, so they just counter that and then – the, yeah, it's, the, the saying is that Manny doesn't know how to counter the counter. Yeah, have like you, what, look what happened in North Carolina. Oh, yeah, yeah. But but have you seen us do any type of stunts or twists or like on a D line? I, I don't see anything. No, not really. I mean, yeah. to me, you got to be able to confuse the offensive line at some point. Clemson, you know, <laughs> Clemson does an amazing job moving at stunting. The oh, one hundred percent running stunts. Yeah. It's yeah. Yeah. What we did All in right. that North Carolina game last year was literally the, the, the defense was the exact same every single play that it was out there. And all Mac Brown was doing was like, okay, we're going to do a delayed handoff and it's going to be there because their defensive ends are going to come crashing in and we're just going to delay handoff and he's going to give it to us all day. And he was dead on. And that's why they had like 12,000 yards rushing in the game. Stacy Searles knew exactly what they were going to call. Searles knew. <laughs> knew. Well, that's my point. They knew what, what plays we were going to run and how we were going to use our defensive line. So Mac Brown just said, okay, I know how to counter that. And then Manny doesn't have the ability to, to, to change that. You're right. Yep. So, all right, enough bashing the team. We're going to go to picks here. Um, we got some good games this weekend. Like, this weekend really isn't as good as the last couple weeks. I thought there have been some really good games the last couple weeks. Leading into this game, uh, this uh, week seven, there's some games out there. So let's let's go ahead and hit them up. So we're gonna do our no, no, week no, seven. No, no, no. I, I you I listen, to... you won last week. You won last. You, week. you don't even give me credit, man. When it's I you, you're ahead. like, all right, let's. Re-. No, I was five and one last week. The only the only game I picked wrong was uh, was the Notre Dame Cincinnati game. So how right. could you? I know. Yeah. 
I Actually, you know what? No, hold on. I just picked the wrong. I picked the wrong piece of paper up too. Yeah. I know I was five and one because that was the week before. All right. Anyway, so let's move on. <laughs> all right, so this week we got Ole Miss, Tennessee. Max, who you like there? Well, hold on. You gotta you gotta go first. All right, I gotta go first. Yeah. All right. Yep. All right. So um, the Ole Miss, Tennessee. I'm actually going Tennessee. I like what Tennessee is doing. Um, I like Josh Heupel. I think the the team's actually kind of improved. Ole Miss, like again, you gave up fifty something points last week. You know, you gave up forty something to Alabama the week before. Um, I like this as an upset. I'm going with the lane train, man. I got uh, I got Ole Miss here, man. I know he likes to. He's going to put a lot of points on the board, and he's just gonna he's just gonna outrun Tennessee, man. Yeah, I don't think Tennessee can uh, can score enough points to beat Ole Miss. Awesome. Yeah, but I, man, I just I don't know. All right, so moving on. All right, Auburn, Arkansas. I like Arkansas in this game. I know they didn't really show too much against Georgia. They actually played really well against Ole Miss. I don't agree with the call. Sam Pittman literally she just went to overtime. But you know what? You made a call. You live with it. So I'm going yeah. Arkansas this week, though. I'm actually going Auburn here, man. I I actually um, I like the way Bo Nix has been playing for them, man. Um, and I think he's gonna I think he's gonna take them uh, to victory. Yeah, I'm going Arkansas. They're a better uh, coach team, and uh, I like their O-line against Auburn's D-line to, to set the tone. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, I even hate to say this, but I'm going to go to <laughs> Florida LSU. LSU is just a dumpster fire. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go Florida. I don't know if, if they if LSU loses, I don't know if they, they go uh, and cut Coach O at this point because Cincinnati, that's they've only been 8-8. Eight eight. They're, they're, they got to go. So yeah. I'm going Florida. So I'm not, even as as much as I, I I hate Florida, that's why I'm going to pick LSU in this game. Even though I think it's probably a bad pick for me, because that game is actually at 11 o'clock a.m. Eastern, or excuse me, 11 o'clock a.m. Central Time. Like Death Valley at night and Death Valley at 11 o'clock in the morning are two separate things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm going Florida. Better team, better coach, easy decision. Yeah. Blake Baker, uh, Manny Diaz, and and John Packey can all. Go work somewhere together next year again. <laughs> All right, Oklahoma State, Texas. I'm going Texas. I like what I see. Um, again, Sark's got them going in the right direction, so I'm going Texas. All right, good deal, good deal. I'm with you. Uh, I really liked what I saw out of that out of Texas, and uh, Bijan Robinson is the uh, is the truth. And actually, that quarterback at Texas is uh, has, has got a nice arm, uh, and he can tuck it tuck it away and run it. So I got Texas here. Yeah, I got Texas as well. Uh, I- Sark is an offensive genius, um, and uh, these guys are really playing well for him. So, yep. K- Kentucky, Georgia. I'm going Georgia. It's not even close. <laughs> Georgia, uh, amazing. Five point five points allowed on defense for the for the season right now. Uh, Jordan Davis. I mean, hey, this kid may actually win the Heisman. Who knows? This defense keeps it up, so we'll see. Yeah, I'm going Georgia, but it's a game that I'm going to play, pay very close attention to because we could have our future head coach coaching against them in uh, Mark Stoops. So, <laughs> All right, so here we go. Last game, Miami, North Carolina. I'm going Miami. I'm going Miami by 14. I think they come out, they light up the scoreboard, and I think the defense comes to play. And I think maybe we get a special team score. Yep. I'm going with the U as well, man. Look, we're due. <laughs> As crazy as that sounds, or you know, I just I think we're doing. I think we're finally going to put it together and and put a respectable performance on the field. Yeah, I'm going North Carolina because <laughs> I think North Carolina is due. Um, it's time to ring the dinner bell, playing against Manny Diaz, and uh, it's not about North Carolina being better. I just don't think. Uh, I, I think it's more about how we play, not about how they play. 
And and let's be honest, Max. So again, if if if, if Miami loses and we got thirty seconds, if Miami loses, do they fire Diaz before he gets on the plane? Depends how bad the loss is. <laughs> again, if they do, they fire him again. Yeah, fire him again. Sorry. Okay. It, depends, <laughs> it, it depends how bad the loss is. Well, listen. Yeah. Thanks everybody for listening to the Ken Gang Radio Show here on SiriusXM. Always uh, great talking with Bird and Max. We appreciate you joining. And uh, you guys enjoy the weekend. Go Canes, and uh, let's get that dub. No doubt. Go Canes. Yes, sir. The views and opinions expressed on Kane Gang are entirely those of the host, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Slam Radio.